This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It is our fortnightly episode of HFC Chat. Just to reiterate at the start of this episode that if you didn't hear it in a previous one that we did, we are looking at the minute to be doing fortnightly release due to working commitments. We want to keep the content coming, we want to keep it flowing and and we don't want to let you listeners down and, and we don't want to stop because we absolutely love what we do. But we've also got to be realistic in the process. Now, when we recorded the last episode, we personally knew this news that we're about to discuss, but we weren't allowed to say anything, so we had to keep it hush-hush. However, it is no longer a state secret. Davo, we found out just a couple of weeks ago that we will be heading to Anfield on Thursday the 16th of November as we have made the final shortlist for the Football Content Awards Before we quickly discuss that, if you do want to vote for the podcast, if you haven't done already, please do look on our socials where we've discussed it. If not, head to the FCA's website where you can cast your vote. You can simply don't feel obliged to vote in every single category. Just navigate to best in non-league. From that, find the drop down for best podcast and select HFC chat. Scroll to the bottom, tick the box which says you agree to the terms and conditions and then hit the vote now button and all will be done. As written in a tweet last week, Jeff Stelling backs us, do you? Davo, how excited are you to be heading to Anfield next month? Oh, I'm absolutely buzzing. Like, I genuinely couldn't believe it when the notification popped up on my phone. Obviously, the FCA is in our Twitter DM saying, what's the best way to contact you? And I was like, no, please. You're not telling us we're actually going to be uh, heading down to Liverpool. And, you know, as it turns out, we are. So this is everything and more that we could have hoped for. Not on behalf of both of us. It's just, it's incredible. A huge, huge step forward in our podcasting journey. And hopefully, fingers crossed, on, on that Thursday night, you know, we can go one step further and maybe take the whole hog and, and win the, the best non-league podcast. But no, let's just keep our feet on the ground and and see how we go, Bram, buzzing. I think that's the thing. We're just really looking forward to the night, and it's just a sign of, without sounding arrogant on behalf of the both of us, of how far we've come as a podcast. You know, I started it back in in 2019, and now we're, you know, growing and, and also 
heading to our first ever industry awards night. So, you know, to do it for something that we absolutely love is incredibly special. And um, fingers crossed it'll be a fantastic night. But let's get down to the actual content. We're going to look at various different things. Quick look back on the, the previous fixtures, as you would expect. We will talk about the return of Nicky Featherstone, which is absolutely brilliant. Something that we probably both didn't expect, nor did the, the fan base expect, but something that we are dead happy about. We will do our usual on-the-day fixture, bit of club news, and a new feature, which I came up with in the week. I was thinking of new ways to bring content to you and, and new ideas for the content more specifically. And I just thought it'd be fantastic to do an all-time 11, but more of an all-time squad, um, which we'll discuss how it's going to work a little bit later on. But without further ado, let's get into the content. Davo, we're not going to talk about the five fixtures that we've had since we recorded last. I mean, that's mental in itself, the fact that we've had five games in two weeks. But quickly running through um, the first three of those, we obviously beat Dagenham, which you went to, Davo. We lost 2-0 to Solihull. We were both at Dorking last week at home, which is probably best we don't discuss um, as well. I mean, I think every single element of that performance has been dissected in the group chat on Pulls Twitter the lot. But uh, we are going to focus on the last two games that we've had this week, starting with Boreham Wood. Now, Dawa, you travelled down with the lads on Wednesday night to London, Fair play to absolutely every single one of you. I mean, as I said to you, I do not understand why you are going. After that performance <laughs> against Dorkin, I think I probably called you thick in the process. But um, as you reminded me, it's what we do. So without further ado, Devo, please take it away, your review of Dorkin, and I'll add my thoughts having watched it from the nice, safe comforts of a warm house as it was chucking it down outside. Dorkin, I assume you mean Boreham Wood there, my very good friend. I do, mate. I do. I'm still scarred from uh, the Dorkin game, evidently. <laughs> no, Boreham Wood, long night, getting back home, getting back into bed at 4am. But it, overall, I thought it was a much, much improved performance. No coincidence that I'm talking about a much improved performance and that coincides with another debut. For Nicky Featherston, I thought generally, had we won, I thought it would have been a fair result. I think had we got a point, I think it would have been a fair result. It was a genuinely good end-to-end game. I thought both teams, had they been given the chance, looked like scoring. It was a very cruel way for us to lose the game. Um, I have watched the Boreham would go back numerous times from numerous different angles and some people might agree with me, some people might not. It's just it's part and parcel of football, I guess. But in my opinion, I don't think it was a foul on Zach Johnson. I think the second angle from I can't remember his guy what the guy's called on Twitter, but it doesn't know justice. I think it was just poor, weak defending. I think Zach thought he had time on the ball and he was just picked off. And in fairness, the guy for Boreham would put it away quite nicely, quite smartly. And we just couldn't find the net following that. Um, but it's a situation that Zach's just got to put behind him and, and learn from. I just think Pills on the night did everything but score. We all thought in the 97th minute that Manny D 
had scored a late, late goal to rescue a point for Pools to take something from the game. It rocketed off the bar and Pools, unfortunately, could not get anything from the game. And I think the huge difference from that game was Nathan Ashmore. Two or three really good saves. He denied Crawford in the first half. He denied Yumeira in the second half. He genuinely kept Borenwood in the game at times. But unfortunately, I think at times, Pulls playing the final third just killed us. I think we were lacking that final pass. I think at times it was just so laboured, so slow. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. And we lost in very cruel circumstances overall. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you watching watching the game back. Totally um concur with you in regards to the whole Zach Johnson debate. I want to give him credit for how he's played since he's come into the club for a young lad. I think he's looked assured. I think he's been solid in the main. He's a young lad, he's gonna make mistakes. You know, he's he's still learning, he's I'm not sure. You might know this, Davo, if you don't, it's absolutely fine. But whether he's had much first-team senior men's experience, I don't know whether that's the case. I know he obviously brought him in from Sunderland, but he's been more involved with the youth um, youth side of things, I believe, unless I'm, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he came with much experience in the men's game. I'm just looking now on Google. No, he hasn't. So, Sunderland under-18s, like you say, the academy, that sort yep. of... Yeah, obviously not not the experience that we need. However, as I've said, I want to give him credit because I think he's really kind of acclimatised to it well. But I just thought we looked so much better, as you say, with, with the likes of Fez back. I mean, he certainly brought the best out of Cross on Wednesday night. I thought we saw him make some really good runs. Um, and he just looked like he'd never been away. He looked fit. He controlled it in the middle. And I felt so much more assured with him in the side. So that was a big positive. And, and I think, as you say, a point would have been a fair result. I thought we'd done it when Manny D hits the crossbar and then the follow-up save from Ashmore. He just always seems, ever since we played him at Ebbsfleet and it all booted off that game, he just seems to have a blinder every single time and somehow keeps pulls at bay. But yeah, much more positive and just really disappointing that, you know, we we couldn't hold on to a point. We couldn't take away something and, br- and bring it back up north. But then we move on to yesterday, Davo, and I didn't get to watch the game myself, but perhaps you can just give us your thoughts um, and feelings from the match. I'll give you from what I've gathered on social media. Then, of course, we will um, t- discuss the Man of the Match award, which obviously Poe's Man of the Match was Nicky Featherston, and I will leave it hanging as to who won the HFC chat Man of the Match. But, Davo, you can give us your thoughts on the 3-1 triumph yesterday. Brilliant win. That's all I can say. A dominant performance, I'd say, for at least 80 minutes. I will be... Brutally honest in that regard, some brilliant individual performances. You know, I expected a lot more from Eastley. The form that they were in coming into this fixture where they were in the league, I, th- I think they were above us. I think they were seventh top. Mm. Coming into yesterday's game, I thought, yeah, it'll be a really tough game. I even said to, to you lads in the group chat, and I said to a few other people as well, I said, one all. I think it'll be a point, you know, 
they're going to come up here, attack us. And do you know what? Absolutely nothing. It was quite a, a polar opposite from what I expected from Eastley. But we dominated it yesterday. You know, I, I don't think it was a matter of are we going to score? It was a matter of when. That was the, the most reassuring thing, especially after the last two or three home games where we have genuinely haven't looked like scoring. We've looked so poor. Yesterday, it was more of the Hartlepool of old, more of the Hartlepool of August. So it was really reassuring to see that performance. Like I say, it was really reassuring as well to see performances from the likes of Luke Hendry. Crofts is back to his usual self. Joe Gray was outstanding. Manny D, right place, right time for both goals. Really good to see him back on the score sheet. It was just an overall good performance. Bit frustrating last 10 minutes, I thought. You know, once we got to 3-1, it was a bit like, yeah, we've done it. And we sat back a little bit, allowed Eastley to get back on the ball, allowed them to come forward, start to create chances. But overall, I was genuinely impressed and a great home debut once again for the man himself, Mr. Nicky Featherston, like he'd never been away. But yeah, overall, good performance. But one thing I didn't understand from yesterday, I am going to mention it, I can't not. Chris Maguire, you know, great free kick, you know, won't discredit him for that regard, but a go on like he did after it, I just don't understand. You know, we took the chance on him, knowing that fine well he was getting investigated for all these breaches of betting, and yeah, it was just been an arrogant, cocky celebration, dancing. He at just made himself day, look like a right prat, didn't he? Yeah, at the end of the day, what was the score at the end of the game, mate? Well, exactly. If you're listening, Chris... If you are listening, Chris, which I doubt you are, mate, but yeah, overall impressed. Hopefully, this can be the start of a good run, the turning point that we need to get back on track. I don't speak too soon, but fingers crossed it can be. Well, I think I'll start with the Chris Maguire thing. We didn't even, I don't think he even signed the contract, did he? So he's never even a pose player in the first place. Maybe that's why he's feeling a bit tetchy about it. Um, but let's be brutally honest. The free kick was unbelievable. It really was. But there's just no need. Anyway, that's by the by. I didn't watch it, but having spoken to you guys, having heard a lot, read a lot on Twitter, it was just so kind of, well, it's a lot of relief really that we managed to score. I was speaking to my dad earlier in the day and I says, you know, Manny Dean, Josh just need a couple of goals get the confidence flowing again. And sure enough, Manny D comes up with a couple. And, uh, you know, it, we all know the talent he has. I, I think he'll be disappointed that he hasn't been scoring as many as of late. But brilliant to see Cross on the score sheet and put in a solid performance. Luke Hendry, as you say, I've seen the assists. Uh, fantastic play from him. The goal that we scored, I think it was the third one, I thought was brilliant. Um, you know, the build-up, the link-up play. It was just nice to have a weekend once again where Pools have won and scored three goals. I think the day we keep a clean sheet will be, I know we did against Dagenham, but I think that'll bring an awful lot of confidence. I want to give a massive, massive shout-out to Manny Onorisi. What a player he is he's unbelievable I thought he looked really good on Wednesday night I think he's been one of the key consistent players throughout the season always gives 110% and that challenge I mean as Croft says I think he owes him quite a few pints after that one I mean it was absolutely incredible 
um, and a, a, pivotal, a pivotal point in the match. So that leads us on to the man of the match from yesterday's 3-1 win. As we tweeted, the likes of Joe Gray, Luke Hendry could have been on there if we could add more um, options to the to the list. But um, unfortunately, the way it works, you can't. However, with over, well, 75%, bang on three quarters of the 199 votes, Nicky Featherston takes yesterday's Man of the Match award. Not surprising at all. Following him was Manny D with 12% and then Cross on 6%. I'll just read out the comments we've had. Jill has put the goat steady the ship to allow Joe to express himself in his own fantastic manner. And others saw an increase in confidence and performance too. Long may continue. Harry Hunter, all of them all kept their heads in the game after conceding a free kick and it showed fight up the poles. Colin Bell... On a resay by a country male, Tommy White, Fez for me, but every player was a class above. Richard Sligo, I'd go for Gray. For me, that was his best pulse performance so far. Making tackles, tackling back, driving forward when he had the ball. Well done, Joe. Ben Hope, there's a few that stood out for me today, especially Cross, Feathers and Manny D. And then Connor has put Zach Johnson and Gray need a shout out. Unbelievable today. Davo, are you in agreement that... Nicky Featherston was indeed your man of the match. Oh, without doubt. It's like everyone's saying on social media. It's like we've both said it could have went to anyone. Tommy, you know, hit the nail on the head. It was an overall great team performance. Everyone was counted for. Everyone stood up to the challenge. And like you say, it was brilliant to see us play decent football and, and just seemingly look like the team we were in August. So it could have went to anyone. Featherston, back like he's never been away, doing what he does best. I mean, if my dad's listening, then he won't be happy, but that's just the matter of the fact. <laughs> well, he better be listening, now. I'll be disappointed. I'll be having words with Trevor if he doesn't listen to the podcast. I don't doubt. <laughs> you know, we'll have to catch up about that because that's another thing he'll be in the bad books for. Not only does he associate with that mob in Glasgow, but, um, but furthermore, not listening to the podcast would be even worse than that. Um, however, back to what we were discussing. For me... I wasn't there, but from what everybody said, I just want to give credit to the full team. I think, you know, because I wasn't there, I can't give a, I don't want to give a specific player, but we really needed to get that win yesterday, not only for confidence, but for kind of restoring a bit of faith among the fan base, which understandably, and I myself included in this, has kind of evaporated during the last few weeks with the performances that we've been putting in, or lack of performances, I should say. But, um, yeah, fantastic result against a very solid National League side. And we have touched on it, and we will just briefly elaborate a little bit further. But how key and crucial has it been to have someone in Nicky Featherston returning to Pulse Davo and the impact that he's actually had and... How much confidence do you think that'll have brought to the other midfielders? Just have that reassurance. I think for the defence as well, to have that person who can actually play that role in front of the defence because no disrespect to Cross, he's not a holding midfielder, is he? He's not someone who plays that number six role. Wallace is injured. We've been crying out for feathers for ages. I honestly cannot believe we swallowed our pride and have gone back to him, even though it's a one-month deal. Now, 
how important has he has he been in just such a short space of time? You can't underestimate how big of an impact he's had in the space of a week in two games. I said it against Boran Warden. I said it yesterday, you know, Nicky Feverson's presence, it'll be huge for the dressing room on the training ground just to have that presence. Someone who's well-respected, a leader, someone who knows the club inside out and back to front, someone who knows the expectations of the fans, something that he can hopefully relay on to some of the newer players in this year's squad. But yeah, honestly, the first thing I said after the Boreham Wood game, I said, look, I said, you can't underestimate how much more reassured Palmer the team looks, especially in that midfield. I said it yesterday. It's almost as if Crawford's now been given a new breath of life to push forward, to play more of an attacking role in the game. And for me, again, I don't want to be biased, but Crawford yesterday was was exceptional. You know, it was the Crofts that we saw at the start of the season and hopefully we can see a lot more of it. You know, the team looks a lot more, like I say, calmer, reassured, you know, with the presence of Nicky Feverson in that midfield, hopefully he can steady the ship and do what he did yesterday. Allow Crawford or Gray, whoever whoever it is ahead of him, whether it's Crawford Finney, Crawford Gray, Crawford Cook, to just get forward and do what they need to do. And Feverson can just sit in front of that back five and just dictate the flow of the play, dictate the ball, dictate possession, and just clean it all up. And yesterday, well, not just yesterday, the last two games, I think Feverson's been ex- excellent and he's done that job, that role as the number six, the CDM brilliantly and I think for me personally especially from the hierarchy's point of view bringing Feverston in we all knew what he was about we all knew the qualities that he possesses so it begs the question why is he only been given a one-month contract and Mr Jeff Stubb Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I brought this up yesterday on, on Twitter, you know, if if you're up there and if you are watching these last two games and do the right thing and give them a longer contract. Well, I've actually got the tweet here. So, Jeff has tweeted and tagged the club, let's tear up Nicky Featherson's one-month contract and replace it with one for the rest of the season. Let's do it now. And someone's replied, um, Rob Shipley, saying, buy the club, Jeff. And and he's been dead honest. I really rated this from him, you know. He's gone, Rob, I own a bit of the club, but don't have the funds, nor do I have any say. I'm not on the board, but I've told Nicky I will pay to keep him there. Hopefully his performances mean I won't have to. Anyone who has any clue about football can see how much quality he has. And I'm not even going to add anything because Dava, you summed it up brilliantly. Jeff summed it up there. We are a better football club with Nicky Featherston in that midfield. We're a better side. And um, I can't see any argument to that. If anyone does have um, 
a con what's the word a, a di- well let's just say a different different view on Nicky Federson I'd love to you know understand the reasonings behind that because in such a sp- short space of time he's already proved how key he is to the success of Hartlepool United Football Club but I will add just to caveat that we cannot rely on one man that's just not something that we can do but um Let's move on to the next section of the podcast, which is the On This Day fixture. So we've got a fixture which, as we release this today, it is the 8th of October. However, we've got a fixture from the 9th of October 2009, which was when Pulls hosted Premier League Brentford who lost 2-1 to Man United yesterday that Davo is extremely happy about and you can see him smirking if you were um, recording this with him at the time. But um, let's just have a look at the starting eleven. So we had Scott Flinders in net, Neil Austin, Sam Collins, Peter Hartley, Richie Humphreys, Gary Liddle, Andy Monkhouse, Anthony Sweeney, Dennis Bian, Adam Boyd and James Brown on the bench. Well, sorry, players that came on. We had Larkin and the infamous Bjornsson came on up top. But uh, I think the less said about him, the better. But once again, it just shows that, although it may not be realistic, we can dare to dream that one day we will find ourselves competing with the country's finest, like Brentford are, with a bit of ambition, an awful lot of investment, and just that hunger to succeed, dare to dream. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think we need to be realistic at the same time. Let's do club news now, Davo, before we finish the um, episode with the all-time 11 and the introduction of that new feature that we are bringing to you across the next four episodes of HFC Chat. Now, Pools released a remembrance share on Friday, and I believe it's already sold out, but there's not a lot to discuss because it is sold out, so we can't even try and plug it for you. But um, how good is it to see that the club is returning this tradition, something that after the first year with O'Neill's we didn't see um, due to the backlash that they received as kit suppliers? I mean, this is something that I am so proud of as a football club that we get behind this great cord and this great charity and, and mark the you know the remembrance day and that that time of year with something like this how important is it to you Davo that we continue um this tradition moving forward oh it's massively important you know it's a, a great charity is the British Legion you know we've raised a lot of money over oh, a long period of time doing what we do best we've got a great reputation of producing some outstanding remembrance day shirts and yeah, all the money goes to a great charity and goes to a great cause, helping those who are in need of it. So, yeah, very proud of our football club and what we do, the reputation that we've got. Um, our law. How, how much goes towards the uh, British Legion? Does it say? I couldn't quite remember. Um, I hadn't seen it in the, you know, in the article. It just says a donation from each sale will be made to the Royal British Legion. We'll also be selling HFC X. Poppy pin badges with again proceeds being donated to the charity, so you'll have to check them out as and when. Ooh, they yeah. drop. I'll have to get one of them, definitely get one of them. Being after uh, that, they have them at uh, 
try not this is a pose podcast but they have they have them at ranges so uh i've been after a pose one for a while haven't got one for ranges because i've been waiting for pose to bring one out so fingers crossed they'll be available in good supply what were your thoughts on the kit whilst we're discussing that controversially i'm not a huge fan and i'm not just saying it because it's mr chairman's company but the logo i think just kills it i think it really does it's plain, it's simplistic, it's different. But yeah, I think if anything, the, the logo for me, it, it just ruins it. I don't know about you. Personally, I think if they kept it as though how it is without the sponsor, like even if for this one-off kit, they'd remove the sponsor. Yeah. And, and had the poppy central. Because I don't think there is a, an actual poppy, is that on the shirt? It's more of like the poppy is in that red band that we've got across the front which, again, I'd rather have an actual poppy. But, look, the main thing is that money goes towards such a fantastic cause and such a fantastic charity. Um, as I say, it's sold out. So every one of you that has already purchased it, I'd be, I'd love to know how many we had um, and whether that's going to be something that, due to the demand, they're going to produce more. Um, but fantastic that we're getting behind that and hopefully this is something that can continue for many years to come well this is the part of the podcast that i was looking forward to most not just because it is an idea that i have come up with but i think it's one where we can get so many people involved there was a lot of interaction on twitter when we put things out and it's just great to see different generations of fans putting forward their suggestions for this all-time pose squad we are going to have an all-time pose 11 and then the substitutes and we are going to have our own individual so Davo's going to have his all-time squad I'm going to have my all-time squad as well but we're not going to reveal that until the final week of this kind of series that we're doing which will be over the next four episodes for those of you that did miss it on the socials um as I've just alluded to there over the next four episodes that we record and um, we're going to build an all-time pulls squad which will be made up of two goalkeepers five defenders five midfielders and four forwards now we asked you all to comment below your nominations for this week and why which of course was starting with the goalkeepers and then we were putting the top goalkeepers to a poll to decide who was going to take the number one shirt and the backup shirt. Now, I'm just going to read some of the comments we've received first and foremost, and I'll go through a couple of the stats, and then we will let the listeners know their keeper choices. So Luke Bell has put Trevor Carson, number one, all day. Toss up between Dimmy, Loach or Flinders for the number two. Andrew Shaw, Dimmy, undisputed, number one. Why? Simply the best keeper we have ever had cannot be challenged. Scott Flinders, number two. Honourable mentions for Tony Williams, Trevor Carson and Martin Holland, who was a personal favourite of his. There was a lot, as I've said, for Scott Flinders. Um, I've seen Aaron Lee Barrett mentioned there. We've got the likes of... um, Martin saying both brief but fantastic spells for Steve Harper and Jake Keane. Um, we've got Brian Horns being mentioned by Michael Robson and a couple of others. Um, Kevin Poe, Richard Sligo's mentioning Michael Wright, Hodgin Dimmy, 
There's been a couple for Jimmy Provitt, Eddie Blackburn. It was just brilliant, wasn't it, Devo, to see so many different suggestions across so many different eras. I think that's, you know, why this is going to be such a interesting kind of topic for the podcast over the next few weeks. Now, I'm going to read out the stats before I get your thoughts on both keepers. Obviously, you're not going to reveal your choices until we have done this whole series. But let's just take a quick look at some stats. Now, when we were doing the poll, um, it was clear as day that Dimi, you know, he just completely stole the show really in regards to nominations that that were received um i mean his pulse stats are absolutely incredible it was the most number of appearances at a club throughout his career um even more than Burra. he beat that by 24 games um so at pulse he played 136 games only amassed the one booking he did concede 155 goals, but he also kept 44 clean sheets whilst amassing 12,390 minutes in the blue and white. Now, Davo, before I go on to the other keeper, the other keeper choices, I should say, just let us know your thoughts on Dimi and, and the memories that you have. I know you were talking about the clean sheet stat that you, you had for me um, off air, so it'd be brilliant if you could let listeners know that one as well. Yeah, legend is the word that comes to mind when you talk about Demetrius Constantopoulos. Probably the first keeper who would come to my mind when we started to discuss this off-air, when we started to plan it all. Went on that amazing run of 25 clean sheets in one season alone. Um, obviously, he was a part of the, the playoff final squad at Cardiff in 05. Made some great saves along his way, along his journey, and will remain a part of everyone's thoughts for a long time to come. He's just generally someone who left in such a good spirit of all pulleys. No, definitely. And I think that was one of the saddest things. We were both at Harrogate, weren't we? I think it was an FA Trophy game, if I remember rightly, when he made his comeback and he had an absolute howler. And that was such a shame um, to see, as you've said, a club legend kind of come back and we're thinking oh, it can go one of two ways, can't it? Unfortunately, it didn't really go the way that we were all hoping. And I mean, he absolutely stole the show, as I've said, with the votes that came in. So he is your um, listeners starting goalkeeper in the all-time pools 11. Now we will go on to the backup keeper. And this was another poll that we put out. Um, so, all that was left to decide was, of course, who takes the second keeping spot. Now, 273 of you voted, and it was between Scott Flinders and Trevor Carson. Now, I'll quickly read his stats before I get your thoughts, Davo, on both keepers, and then I'll reveal the um, choice that the HFC chat listeners have elected for. Now, let's start with Scott Flinders. His stats are impressive, I must say. 276 games out of his 591 in his career came for pulls. The one and only goal that he ever scored in professional football came for pulls. 
I don't know whether you remember it just like it was yesterday, Davo, but I certainly do. I can see it over and over again. Fantastic header. Um, and up until the performance against Eastleigh, oh, we could have even argued for him going up top with that finishing ability. Um, he did have four bookings in his time at Pools and one red card, but the most important thing, yes, he conceded 389 goals, but 73 clean sheets in his time at the club, playing a total of 24,834 minutes. Now, on to the second choice, the second potential choice for goalkeeper was Trevor Carson, the Northern Irishman. Now, he played just 63 times for the club, four yellow cards, conceding 95 goals and having 15 clean sheets with a total of 5,647 minutes in a blue and white shirt. Now, arguably, unless I'm wrong, Davon, do correct me, Trevor Carson, you could probably say, was at the club in a more difficult period. Obviously, there was the relegation from the Football League involved in that. And we were, in spells whilst he was there, a very, very poor side. Now, I will touch on Trevor Carson firstly. He's a fantastic, he was a fantastic keeper. I had an awful lot of time for him. I thought I was absolutely gutted when he left. And I had the opportunity to build up a personal relationship with him. Um, I met him, I think it was when he was on the comms with Mark Simpson. The first time I'd gone up, I used to sit in front of near where that press box is. And I went up to get his autograph like you would when you're younger and, um, you know, I was a keeper at the time, so it was kind of like, oh, well, he's there, I'll go and chat to him about keeping. And and it was brilliant to be able to, um, you know, to meet him and, and sort of, I got to know him quite well. He, he gave us his gloves at Accrington away. Um, it was a horrible rainy night. I think Pills lost 3-1, can't quite remember. But he gave us his gloves there. And, you know, we, we spoke whenever we were, at, we seen each other at Pills and, that was really nice to have that personal relationship. He's a fantastic guy. I think it's, the club was, um, you know, he valued playing for the club. He knew what it meant to play for the club. But, um, yeah, if you just talk about perhaps Trevor Carson briefly, if you have any comments to add. And then, of course, Scott Flinders, I'll let you discuss what he did for the club and, and how you view him as a as a post goalkeeper, whether he would make it into that um, squad. I must be honest, I think of all the departments we're going to discuss over the next few episodes, I think this is the hardest because I think going back, oh, you could go back for a very long time and you could talk about great keepers in probably more seasons. We've been very, very spoilt for choice when it comes to goalkeepers, those who haven't been mentioned, Jake Keane, has it been mentioned or not? I'm not sure. Jake Keane, Jim Provis, Aaron Lee Barris, Lochi, you know. But the two in question are just... Another great examples of great goalkeepers that we've had. You know, Scott Flinders in 2013 won players player, supporters player and away player of the year. And then 12 days later won Hartlepool male player of the year. He captained us to the Great Escape game in the three-all draw weight Carlisle then left after that game. So a lot of great memories from, from Scott Flinders' time at the football club. Um, you've mentioned... Probably the most notorious one, the goal against Bournemouth running off and he was going divvy in that <laughs> corner between the town end and the, the Cyril Knowles. And then we've got 
Trev Carson, who came in, like you say, probably didn't have it as easy as people like Dimmy and Scott Flinders, who were probably more fortunate to play with better players and play for the club in better times, especially Dimmy when we were competing in playoff finals and challenging for promotions and stuff like that. But Carson was brilliant. You know, he was a great all-round goalkeeper, great with his face. And obviously, during that time, I'm sure he had the the call up to Northern Ireland as well to play for his country as well. So I think that in itself speaks about his abilities. And, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen him play equally as well as he did back in the day for us, even now at an older age. So both great keepers and both very fortunate to see them play for the colours of Hartlepool United. Well, as you say, just referring to the comment on Trevor Carson, he he did go on to Motherwell um, and played 78 games there whilst keeping 26 clean sheets in the process. So, you know, you can't deny the quality of the keepers um, that you've just discussed. I mean, Scott Flinders, from a personal point of view, I echo everything you've said. There were the, the odd times where you were kind of like, oh, he flaps around a bit and not entirely convinced. But all in all, a fantastic goalkeeper when you look at the wider picture. Now, it's time to head to the decision that you listeners have made. Out of the 273 votes, over half of you have actually gone with Trevor Carson. 56% have chosen um, Trevor Carson as the backup to Dimmy. Now that wraps up this part of um, the episode. Obviously the goalkeeper selections are now locked in. So as a HSC chat, kind of listeners all-time squad your goalkeeping selections are Dimmy in goal as starting keeper and we've got Trevor Carson on the bench Davo I really enjoyed that little section looking back at some stats some keepers that we've had in the past and I'm really excited to you know continue this series with the defenders in the next episode and it'll be fantastic to see everyone's different suggestions I can well imagine there'll be a wide range, perhaps not of recent times, might be heading back in time for for defenders. And it'll be really, really good to have another conversation about you with that. I'm really looking forward to it. But that does wrap up the episode as well. I don't think we could have finished on on a better note, really. Um, A little bit of nostalgia um, with some of the names in the comments and also looking back at some really interesting stats. And you pulled out of nowhere all that research you've done about the the um, awards that Scofflinders managed to pick up in the club accolades. And I'm pretty sure Trevor Carson picked up a couple as well along the way. But Davo, I'm going to let you close this episode. It is your turn on the um, leading us out. We do like to rotate it to keep the uh, listeners on the toes. So without further ado, Davo, take it away. As ever, keep the faith, back the boys, and never say die. We shall see you in the next episode. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.